Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're planting the seeds for Maui's future. We're ready to get people back to work. Ready to get our economy going again. It's our chance to start over, to envision and build an even better Maui. More resilient, more sustainable. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen, working together. We're ready. Ready. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. We are ready to guide you. Ready. Ready. We're ready. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. Digital Center at Hawaii News. Now we get a chance to talk to, uh, boy, we can start with an uh, actor from the island of Maui, uh, legendary surfer, um, cultural advisor. Uh, Archie Kalepa is here. Brother, how are you? Aloha, Billy. How are you? Mike Ka'i, um, you have been busy. We'll get into all the things that you're doing for in, in a couple of moments. But mm -hmm. uh, tell me, first of all, uh, you grew up where? I grew up in um, Lahaina, Maui. I was born in Maui. Um, I was there till about maybe um, second grade. Then I was here all the way to eighth grade. And I told my parents I'm going home. And I went back to Lahaina. They said, well, if you're going home, you cannot stay with family. So I boarded at Lahaina Luna uh, for four years. And uh, I never left. What was life like on Maui? Uh, when you were there on Maui, what was growing up there like? You know, I had uh, my older brother and my older sister were there. Uh, my my grandparents from both sides were there, so it was really really nice. It was a small town back then. Um, you know, I did a lot of fishing with my grandfathers. Um, it was just an amazing time. And then, you know, it went from a mill town sugar mill town to um, a boosting tourism um, place that uh, it changed. It, it completely changed. Front Street became alive with music and, and um, you know, it, the, it became a booming place for tourism. And it was, it was sad in a sense that we, we, it was no longer small. Uh, there was a big influx of uh, surfers guys wanting to work in the restaurants. Um, but I miss the old days when you'd go up and down Front Street and it was only us. Um, I remember going to the theater with my brother, my older brother, and riding our bicycles. And it was pretty simple back then. And it's really changed. And, um, you know, the transformation, the shutting down of the mill has um, it just without us even really knowing, it just overwhelmed Lahaina. And today, you know, it's all gone. Mm. So we have a, um, as Kiamoku would say, we have a restart button. Um, and so here we are.
But that's that's treasured memories because everybody talks about the Lahaina that was of the tourism, mm -hmm. but you have this knowledge of what yeah. was there beforehand and the lifestyle of that. You know, I'm nine generations from Lahaina. And, um, you know, listening to my grandpa, my uncles, my aunties, and them sharing the stories of Lahaina, I really, really fell in love with the place. I remember when I moved to Oahu and every summer I would go home and just driving into Lahaina and the smell of the flowers when you pass by Puamana going down Front Street. I mean, those were the things that made me fall in love with this place. And then, you know, my grandfather sharing the stories, uh, the, the knowledge of place, you know, the, the, the fishing techniques, the things that we did um, that truly, truly, at the time, I didn't see it as a classroom. I, maybe I should have paid attention more, but they really taught me a lot. And, you know, my, my mom and my dad, they're both from Lahaina. They're classmates. And um, just listening to their stories is really funny because my daughter interviewed my, my dad the other day um, about his childhood growing up. And he said, Waine Church, which, um, you know, it, it takes you back in time because... It's no longer called Waianae Church. It's called Waiola Church. Mm. And um, so it really um, captivated me on the, the, the time change. But just being from there and loving the place, everybody that's from Lahaina truly loves the place. And it's just the smells, the, the growing up with your uncles, your parents. And, you know, it was a... It was a fishing place every all the Hawaiians over there they fish I remember I'll tell you a story my grandpa's house pure Hawaiian you'd open up the ice box and it would smell like limo and and fish Ooh. there would be you know we'd go throw net surround net there'd be um, manini in the ice box just two years ago we started a limo planting project and um, I opened the icebox to our house, and the smell of the limo reminded me of my grandfather and uh, their house. And I was like, whoa. But, you know, these are the kinds of things we no longer get to ex experience, eating real good limo. Um, you know, my kids, I remember my kids were, were very little, and it was the first time I was responsible for taking care of them. And I said, okay, we're going to buy a bag of poi. And we're going to go get um, some pipipi. And I brought a little pot, some needles, and um, some fresh water. We got the pipipi, put it in a pot. I lit the fire. And uh, I said, okay, dude, we're going to eat lunch. And my daughter said, I'm not eating that. You're feeding me snails. And uh, they called my wife, and I got in big trouble. You know, what am I doing? But that's how I grew up. Right. My grandmother took me to the beach. We picked the pipipi. Boiled it in a pot right there at the beach with a bag of poi, and it was, like, so delicious. And that's how much things have changed. We no longer do those kinds of things. We no longer experience those kinds of things. But those are the things for my generation which made me fall in love with my home, Lahaina. And, uh, you know, nine generations. And, like, today, now I go clean my, my great grandfathers my 
um, great, great, great grandfather, great grandfather, grandfather, I go clean their graves. And, um, uh, you know, along with my cousin, uh, Jason, whenever he comes, comes over and just the history and we talk about our family and our family genealogy and, and the, the many stories that was passed down for generations. It's really amazing and it, it's something that I cherish that connects me to my home, Lahaina, Maui. This is awesome that you are doing this, but that your daughter is also interested in these stories yeah. and bringing them to life. Yeah. We may not be able to see exactly through those eyes, but mm. knowing that those stories exist, those smells exist yeah. of time and place, there's nothing that can take you back like music and smell and no. stuff like that. You know, it's, it's um, you know, like today, like I drive down Front Street and everything's burned down. I no longer smell those smells. Just like the limu that used to be there, you no longer smell those smells. I hope that when we rebuild Lahaina, that we can bring that all back. And you know, my daughter's generation uh, is a lot different than mine. Their view of Lahaina is way different from my view. My view is way different from my parents' view. My parents' view is way, way different from their parents. And that's just um, change, the change that's happened. And I think there's a, a, um, a morning for us to get some of that history back that, um, that really represents Lahaina uh, beyond the whaling years. You know, um, Lahaina was really not a whaling capital. It was the Hawaiian um, capital of the Hawaiian kingdom mm. is what it was. And so things like that, I think, um, as we begin to rebuild Lahaina, those are the things that are super important for us to remember and instill and be a part of the rebuild. Do you think, now as we look forward mm. for Lahaina, you know, you have these memories and these things that you want to instill into the upcoming culture of place. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's enough people do you think that people will understand the concept of what you are trying to bring? Because they were never part of that reality. You know what I mean? They were part of a different reality, a different time. And understandable that you have to move forward, but you move forward with bringing the past with you, right? Well, you know, I think there's enough re uh, remnants of old. When you look at the Lahaina courthouse, you look at the, um, the prison, uh, the Baldwin House, there's enough of that that we can capture and use that as not only um, a piece to rebuild Lahaina, but also a chance to dabble into the true history and use that as a part of um, how do we share Lahaina. The stories, the real stories, mm. the history of Lahaina, it is so important moving forward. Tourists, when they come here, they're starving for these stories, these, these kinds of educational pieces. What we have to get away from in a tourist sense, we can no longer give um, sunset Mai Tai tours 
on catamarans. We have to give them a tour of education. When we do this sunset tour, instead of serving Mai Tais and in giving them entitlement, we talk to them about the history of place. We talk to them about the Aupua'as and the stories that happen within those Aupua'as so that when they get off of that sunset tour, they become educated and have a sense of respect for place instead of entitlement. And so that's the shift that needs to happen within the industry, within this tourist industry. That shift needs to happen so that people can truly respect as visitors our place that we call home. I've had this discussion with Zachary Lum in, in different aspects, not necessarily Lahaina, but it's that respect of place, mm -hmm. that, that knowledge of place. And once you begin to understand the importance of place, then, you know, for Malihini, hopefully they take that knowledge and love and, oh, I love this, this is, and then they go back and learn about their own place, yeah. you would hope, right? Yeah. Well, you know, not only that, it allows us to educate ourselves. We become that more aware of the stories and start paying attention because sometimes in our own backyard, we really don't pay attention. So we begin to pay attention and want to be engaged so that when we're asked the question by the Malahini, we can give them the right answers. And so I think this is a really good time and place, um, not only for the industry, but for um, us as a people, is we really need to take ownership of how do we share our place, mm. our home? And right now, we are in a, um, a place of coming to agreement in our community. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot that everybody is worried about. There's, um, there's trust. There's distrust. So we have to uh, sit down at the table and talk about all of these things and allow the leaders of those particular things to lead and um, back them up because at some point in time, it'll be others that will lead. Um, and I, I think we have to um, give respect to that so that we can, uh, we can move forward as a community. Basically, we have to lay the right foundation first. Absolutely. Before we can literally start to build. 100%. Not only in a physical sense, but in a cultural sense. 100%. Give me an idea of what it's like on the ground there in Lahaina for those that are actually from Lahaina, uh, Kanaka from, mm -hmm. from Lahaina. What is the sense right now? So there's two sides to that. So I think... Some are not happy with the current situation for housing, that they would expect more but from government, um, more action to get people housed instead of being in these uh, short-term hotel room um, situations. And then there's the others that um, are trusting government that is part of the process, the everyday process that understand that it is a process. I'll say this, um, for me, is working with government every day and understanding the true 
difficulties of trying to find housing, the lack of um, inventory. And I'm not talking about land. I'm talking about water that allows us to put up housing. These are real issues that we're facing. And I, I'm part of the mayor's advisory. And one of the, the, the thing that I'm tasked with is housing. And I cannot tell you every piece that we came to was a roadblock. So I, I appreciate the process of, um, of things because I too at one time was like, we're not doing things quick enough, fast enough. And I appreciate the mayor's um, steadiness to hold back because if we rushed right in, you know, it's, it's like this. If you, when you're doing our ocean rescue, if you rush right in without any knowledge of place, without any knowledge of who you're looking for, you end up getting yourself in trouble. And sitting back, um, using the process to make good, sound decisions, I understand what that is. And I appreciate um, the mayor's um, ability to recognize that and not make hasty decisions, including the governor. Mm. It's, a difficult, it's a difficult place. Lahaina is a difficult place. Every day we drive by and look at the ash. My house did not burn down. A part of my house burned down. But right behind my house, the houses burned down. All of the houses. So I live in Hawaiian Homes, Leali. Our homes are still standing. Only two out of the 104 homes burned down. So we have our home. Leali is what is left of Lahaina. And it's just difficult. Like, I worry about the health and safety uh, issues surrounding my home. And my house did not burn down. But sometimes I feel like I'm living with the ghost. And the ghost is the dust that flies around uh, in my house. We have flags posted all over Hawaiian homes. We're working with the Department of Health to put in um, wind monitors or, or uh, air quality monitors. But when I open my door and I look at that flag, and when that flag, when that flag is blowing away from my front door, I close the door because that dust is coming from the burn part of Lahaina into Leali. When it blows into my door, I go out of my house. But those are the kinds of realities that we're living with, we're dealing with every single day. The Army Corps of Engineers and FEMA has done a tremendous job. I think today, as of today, we're well over 100 homes that have been cleared, lots that have been cleared. So it's, it's, it, progress is happening. Okay. Um, you know, the, there, we have to have you back because there are so many things to talk about. Mm. Uh, things concerning surfing, things yeah. concerning hokulea. Yeah. They, there's so much. Uh, and and uh, Lahaina for you is is at the forefront as you also are part of leaders who are stepping up. Yeah. Um, there was a wonderful music video, powerful music video that I saw from I believe Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement. Yep. Called Ko'o Maui. Mm -hmm. um, standing in unity together and working through things is the best way in your opinion. Well, we have, that's all we have. We have each other at the end of the day in Lahaina. We have each other. 
And so um, we're working really hard to get to that point where we're in unity and standing together. I would say for the most part we're unified, but for some parts we are um, definitely facing uh, challenges. We may not agree on everything, but having the ability to communicate and talk about the things we don't agree on is super important. I know that um, you know there are so many things, individual subjects, which you mentioned water, which is mm. something that's existed for literally over a hundred years. Mm -hmm. That issue alone is one hundred fifty years. You know, is is strong, uh, and needs to be dealt with at some point in time. But in general, we've kind of brushed over. What do you want people to know at this point, right now, when it comes to Lahaina? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things here. Um, the ledge, the legislation is working really hard to create bills, bills that maybe, um, for me, is very spooky. But on the same set, on the same time, we have to um, allow these bills to develop and make changes uh, in the legislation. Um, the direction of where Lahaina will go, uh, we have one chance to get this right because we have a clean sheet, and if we can get this right, we will be the role model for all of Hawaii. And that's how important this is. And you know, I've been talking about this sail plan, about um, we've been sailing in a storm for the last 150 years. And I'm talking about westernization, um, industrialization, colonialism, whatever you want to call it. But we've been in this storm, the people of Hawaii have been in this storm. So we know how to sail through a storm. What we forgot was how to sail around a storm. We need to relearn and rethink about how we avoid the things that, that's put Lahaina in this situation in the future, and that is learning how to sail around a storm. We have to rebuild this canoe. We have to fix this canoe. We have to come up with a sail plan. And this sail plan is so critical for the next five generations and beyond that when we create this sail plan, which everybody has a right, not just people from Lahaina, but people from Hawaii, have to put their mana'o onto this sail plan. But when you do that, think about this. You're putting your grandmother on that canoe, and you're putting your one-month-old child on that canoe. They don't have the ability to make decisions. But that's the risk. So when you write your mana'o to that sail plan, you're going to think long and hard because that's a sacrifice you have to make for the success of this Lahaina canoe to find the land that it wants you. Archie Kalepa, very knowledgeable about sailing, and he is continuing to help sail the canoe of Lahaina through these times. And we will update as we go through. Brother, thank you so much for awesome, being Awesome, Billy. Always a pleasure to see you. I enjoy talking to you. Thank you very much. Enjoy having you here and having your viewpoint. Mahalo to Archie Kalepa for joining us here in the Digital Center of Hawaii News Now.
Mahalo for listening to Island Beat. You can listen to any of these shows anytime and anywhere you go. Head to hawaiinewsnow.com slash podcasts. Mahalo mo pono. Aloha. Ahoy ho. Ahoy ho.